0: what am I using this poem for? If I'm saying, oh, this poem, I truly hope that it can be a moment where I'm investigating the human condition that is allowing someone else to see my vulnerability that will then set them free. Now I'm using it as a as a point of service.
1: Take a little break from the crazy, try to recalibrate. Every day seem to be hazy, I see doom. Everybody's sick with obsession, it's hard to navigate. Take your baggage out of my space, I need room. Reset. New world order, reset. New world order. My
0: man, you know the vibes.
1: <laughs> I know the vibes, baby.
0: <laughs> What's Good up, buddy, man?
1: Man, What's I'm up, just trying bro?
0: to survive out here on these streets, man. Bro. Survive on these streets.
1: Listen, man. Thank you for joining me, bro. I, you know, I was just—I was just telling the folks in the room. Before you got here, I'm gonna be joined by the great. Nah, nah, <laughs> not not <laughs> great. Not great. <laughs> you're great, you're great, dear friend for me. Um yeah, oh come exactly. on, man. Of course. You know what I'm saying? All day, every day. For folks, who are just joining us. My name is JP Reynolds. This is the Stir Crazy Festival. We've been having wellness conversations and some music breaks all day long. Mm. It's been powerful, bro. I'm saying here like <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I tuned. In, I tuned into a couple of the sessions. I peeped. I peeped. I, I tuned like, into oh, a man, couple of I I Was in there, man. We had, you know, we had the the opening kind of like life life force energy body therapy that we had uh spiritual wellness with a dear sister Michelle Gidry. We mm-hmm. had. That's, a, that's yeah yeah
0: yeah. I think I think I saw you pop into that one. The spiritual. Yeah, I popped wellness. into the spiritual wellness. Yeah. I think a lot of what I talk about in wellness is is, is there's an intersection between artistic. Oh wellness and spiritual wellness particularly for me i mean you know yeah. just just yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll get there but we'll go nah, ahead
1: absolutely bro like that, that that's the thing that's has been so interesting there's so, been some overlaps because this is intersectional right like mm-hmm. wellness and peace and in, in, especially in the middle of a pandemic especially in the middle of an uprising mm-hmm. These things are Intersectional. you know what i'm saying so there's a lot of overlap and i'm grateful to everybody who's been been joining we just had a performance uh from kyra she just did her, her joint she's very so. brilliant, beautiful performer, singer, songwriters. Wow, wow. But right now, we're going to get into this artistic wellness, right? I mean, like you said, there's overlap between spiritual wellness and mental wellness with the things that we do as artists. And when I first reached out to you to do this, we were only talking about being in the middle of the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And now we have the pandemic in the background as well as this uprising that we're a part of. Yeah. Um, you know, Carl, you, you're a person who. I've always known and continues to, and I know will never stop speaking truth to power Um, Mm -hmm. and using your art form as a way to to give voice to all the things that need to be given voice to. But you know, the pandemic hit, and artists are in a weird spot because folks, things stopped, and there's these you know, there's all these grind culture, content is king culture things out. Like, well, you know, you got all this time in the world now, just write that book, come up with Mm -hmm. write that movie, right? Yeah, so you know, I, I think. You're also a person, and I want to get your reflection on this, right? Like, I want to make space for, for artists and creators, mm-hmm. whatever they are, whether mm-hmm. they're creating things and producing things or whether they're not. And how important that, knowing where you are in that on that spectrum is as an artist, especially right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Where am I at? Oh, I mean...
0: That it's a it's a loaded question. I mean, one, I'm I'm obviously grieving and I and I'm mourning, you know, yeah. given given the recent events yeah. uh on top of the events that have been happening for, for centuries in, in this in this world, man. And uh it's funny when I think of like right. artistic wellness, I'm trying to even like muster up something powerful and beautiful that makes people feel joyful, yeah. empowered, healthy and whole. But you right know, when, you li- when you live in a time when peace seems like it's broken fragments everywhere, mm-hmm. how do you sort of find yourself in that? How do you find yourself in that? Yeah, and man, yeah. something that I've always sort of preached, something that I've always sort of talked about, is when I think about peace, peace is the absence of a, a, of a war. Yeah, You know, peace is not absence of a war, but peace is actually the confidence to know that you'll be okay despite the casualties of the war. Mm. That's something that I'm trying to lean into when I think about any form of wellness is just the faith that either in this lifetime or not, that Mm. I'm fighting and reaching for a higher heaven, uh, something that's not of this world, something that is supernatural, man. So... There are something but I also do know that I believe in God's perfect plan mm. despite the world's uh, brokenness yes. I think that mm. uh, sometimes we so I think sometimes we attribute a lot of the a lot of the horrendous sort of uh, rapture that we experience in the world to God and I understand why people do that. Yeah, for me personally, I believe that there's this super incredible, omnipotent being that sort of knows the beginning from the end. So there's ripples, effects of things that are happening now that I won't understand. Yeah. And that's something I'm trying to lean into. So because I believe that, there's something about the sort of pause that I sort of honored, man. Mm. Uh, Ironically enough, outside of like maybe writing, you know, a couple of uh, poems for my son. My wife is pregnant. For those who don't know, so I got a baby boy on the way. Ooh, pray for me man pray <laughs> for me. Ooh. I, got, I got a little boy on the way man so outside of like writing like little like letters and like poems for him things that I'm going to one day share with him I've actually taken a pause from creating and I've done that because something happens when you become a vocational artist right what I mean by that is the way you pay your bills is contingent upon you booking the gig. Or it's contingent Mm -hmm. upon you creating the thing. It's contingent upon the content you create. And there's something super honorable about that. Like, yo, I make my money doing what I love. And there's something that actually cheapens the purity of when you actually bring something to page because you're thinking about how you're going to pay that bill. And I can speak I have to speak for myself. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of artists that low key, if I'm going to be completely a hundred percent honest, I used to look down upon. Cause I'm like, yo, you haven't given your all to this thing. You haven't, you know, sacrificed your comfort to try right. to be a vocational artist. But really what they were doing was to not let their art be dwindled down to just the paycheck. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. They, were, they were like, I can do effective work and still pay my bills and I can pour what I love into this. Right. So, yeah, when I think about artistic wellness, I think it's about actually being in tune and listening for me to, for me, what my divine is, is Jesus. Uh, and and knowing when to create a thing, knowing when not to create a thing, uh, yeah. when I'm supposed to be charged to create that thing because I'm called yeah. to create that thing, yeah. and when to know when I'm creating that thing, if I'm making that thing an idol and if I need to take it down uh, and actually bring it, you ooh. know what i mean,
1: oh, there's um, that's, lot, There's a lot up in there, baby. There's a lot, there's a lot, there, baby, there's, a lot there's a lot. Because <laughs> so... so Two, the first two things I think about are, you know, we talked about this the other night where it's like, there's a difference between being productive and being fruitful. <laughs> that was the spirit. That was the spirit that caught me in the back of my <laughs> still, mind. You There's a difference between being productive and fruitful, and I, and I think about what you just talked about with pausing and, you know, taking a break, and you said this a long time ago and it really influenced me, which is like, it's you know, you've got to live before you create a thing. Similar to what you talk about with like the different, like the vocational artist piece, right? It's like, you got to experience, and you got to live. You know, not only can that inform the thing you create, but it's like, then it's a then it's the thing that is more in, in alignment with the purpose that you have. And man, listen, when you bring up that term, idol, can you talk about it? Because I have, I have, <laughs> I have long, no, for real, man, because I, I feel like I've long, I've looked to like fame as an idol, Mm-hmm. I look at like clout is an idol, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think there are certain idols that I think are like I, I even think like the no sleep culture. I think that, I think that's an idol, bro. Like, woo, bro. You know let know me what I'm let me tell you, man. I had to.
0: So I, it's funny. Actually, just recently. Uh, there's a shout out to my homeboy, uh, Corey. He pastors a church down in Brooklyn called Reconcile. He honored me with the opportunity to uh, to preach. And I, I did a sermon called The Blind Servant. And pretty much, if you look at uh, Mary while she was at the tomb, the Bible said that he said, why are you crying? Jesus said to Mary. She started talking to him because they've taken my Lord. And they said, thinking that he was the gardener. And I was like, oh, snap. Hmm. I was like, oh, she was with... She, She walked with Jesus for years and she didn't realize it was him. And I was like, oh, wow, there's blindness in us that doesn't let us see the magnificence and the beauty of God. And one of the things that I said is the way one way that we miss God is when we start idolizing things that never should have been idolized. So when I say idol, you know what I mean? I'm talking about something that I'm putting in the place of God as a form of worship. For whatever reason, I felt like I heard God tell me, Carvins, uh, there are things and ideologies and practices that you have that you have to get rid of if you want to be close to me. There are things that you have to start if you want to be close to me mm-hmm. and that there are things that you have to continue if you want to get close to me. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that I had to get rid of good. Was, was the hustle culture that not only do I get as being a son of immigrants, mm-hmm. Right where you have the looming uh narrative of poverty over your head as you grow up. I didn't realize yes. how traumatizing that was. You know, yeah. when you're talking to your mother and your father and they're like, oh uh, I had to walk fifteen miles to go music to good so I can you know what I mean? Every single day. And then the second thing was, man, the hustle culture that I learned from New York. Yeah. Straight up Not only did I learn from New York, specifically Harlem. Harlem, you know what I mean. Specifically Harlem, you know what, I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> up <Upside. laughs> South, i got some Harlem people up here in the chat. Shout out to my man Jorge Brito. Like specifically Harlem, you know what I mean. And <laughs> and what I realized is I had ideologies that I realized, oh, that's not of God. So I would mm-hmm. say things like, "Yo, no days off." I'm like, right. Wait, hold on, hold on. No days off. Yeah, that's that's literally antithetical to Sabbath. Right. Not a day. Like not a day right. off. So I'm like, okay. I was like, oh, I got to change that. Then I was like, I'll sleep when I die. I'm like, I'll sleep when I die? No, I'm going to be dead when I die. (laughs) So, but a lot of it came from like a lot of what we have as idols is what we think uh, feeds our identity. So a lot of the time Mm -hmm. it's an identity issue and a part of my wellness and a part of my artistic wellness is to actually, I have to like reshape and make priority Mm-hmm. of uh of how i am to serve this beautiful gift that god has given me to do
1: bro this is this is deep man i ain't expect to go in this direction but we going because like yeah. one of your one yeah. of your more powerful poetry lines just came to my mind right it's, it's i would call it the idol of like of sex right and you and one of your poems you said i i kept asking what my name was because i didn't know who i was mm-hmm. right you bring the poems up i bro i'm telling you that's what struck me it struck me but it, but it's this question of like idol versus identity Right? Mm-hmm. And that's what, like that, that line, as soon as you said identity and idol, you put those two next to each other, it came right up. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's, he spit that in a poem I've seen six years ago and I'm be, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, you know, what is, can, can you share with us the journey of for artists, right? Cause this is a hard thing. And again, with this backdrop of the pandemic and the revolution and the mm-hmm. uprising, right? Like, what does it look like to journey towards finding identity? For a lot of artists, I know in music, I feel like a lot of folks are not original. I feel like a lot of folks are operating in their true, you know, their true calling or their identity, probably because there's too much focus on idolatry. And And again, this is something I also struggle with, right? I'm not, this is me. Yeah, 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 for sure. But can you share with us a little bit about your own journey towards, you know, understanding your identity? Especially as an artist, right? Obviously, we have a we have a totality of an identity. We're not just artists, but
0: well, yeah, it's so you know. And this is where we talk about the intersection. Uh, you know, when I think about identity, it is a very a uh, uh, spiritual thing for me. You know, yeah. as as someone who identifies as Christian, and I, you know, search both the, the scriptures and, and those t- texts to figure out what I believe God is trying to communicate to me and say to yeah. me and say about the world. The first thing for me is like, when I think about identity, I have to not think about what I do, but whose I am. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, and the first thing is the who's I am is I truly believe I'm, I'm, I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. I'm a child of God. And I think after I figure out whose I am, i then, the second thing is like, okay, then I know whose I am, then what is my assignment? A lot of times our mm-hmm. artists uh, put sort of things on idols and pedestals is because they're using the gift, but they're using the gift without assignment, right? Mm-hmm. We have to ask ourselves, what are we using it for, right? Mm-hmm. And if we ask, if we investigate what we're using it for, it starts to reveal some things. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, I was like, oh, I'm using these poems because I actually didn't really grow up in a home that I said that was loving and I find that I'm actually getting attention now. So I was using it for self-serving purposes. Then I was able to go, okay, that's an idol. But when Mm -hmm. I say, oh, wow, what am I using this poem for? If I'm saying, oh, this poem, I truly hope that it can be a moment where I'm investigating the human condition that is allowing someone else to see my vulnerability that will then set them free. Now I'm using it as as a point of service. So I think when we talk about identity, we have to think whose we are and then we have to think what is our assignment with the gift that we have. And then you also have to invest. That's why you have to start investigating. Oh, wow. I have a gift that suggests a gift giver. It didn't come out of it didn't come out of. That's good. Yeah. 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 And I overwhelm myself with it. And it sometimes contributes to my anxiety and my stress. And, and sometimes my wife has to like, you know, bring me back down because I'm so passionate, but I'm always thinking about the assignment, man. I'm always thinking about the assignment. I'm always thinking about uh, what song can I sing that can break this prison door? Not not only my prison door, but the whole prison. Who else can get free? And that's why when you look at uh, the culture of spoken word poetry, you know, coming up, we had this saying, it was, it was called get free.
1: So you'll yeah, be on the mic and everyone's like, yo, get free, son. Yeah. Open get up. Free. Open you up. Know,
0: because we are all looking for this uh form
1: of freedom. You feel me? Right. Yeah, man, listen, what you're saying right now too is also I I think about it in terms of like identifying source, right? The gift and being a resource for that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm resourcing a thing that was given. We're vessels, right? This is a, yep. this is vesselhood. And what you're saying is so good, man. Like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of something I think in binaries, which are I, I Ideologically, I think of binaries as false, um, but for me, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. And I also think of like this, um, this relationship between expression, artists express, we we reflect, we express, we resource, we share a gift that was given. And I think about expression. And if I'm thinking about it, it's like, there's a flow to it, right? We, we receive the gift. We left the, we let the gift out. We express the thing. Mm-hmm. But our, our world is so, uh, our world is so driven towards impression right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so artists have to go from being a vessel and being a resource and being a, uh, uh a, a re gifter. Mm-hmm. And now we have to talk about making an impression or mm. worrying about impression. Can, can, can you, can you, can you like flow with me about that, man? Like <laughs> that, that relationship, it's so it's, cause it's, it's so cause it's troubling though. Cause it's troubling to me. Right. And I, and I, when I think about um, wellness and being an artist, I often think about like, I just wanna let this stuff out. But mm-hmm. then you gotta worry about proving it to so-and-so and how many you yeah. thought and what were the impressions. Has that come up for you? Is that a thing that you've encountered as like a struggle? What is that? How do you, how do you, how do you approach that? Well, yeah, man. Cause you know, I think every
0: artist wants to operate in their highest excellence, right? Every yeah. artist wants to go in whatever form they're in, a stage, the screen, instrumentation everyone wants to go with their highest excellence and for the lack of a better word everyone you want to kill it you want to kill it you want to you want to kill it and a lot of and if you really look at sort of the if you psychoanalyze a lot of artists I mean a lot of artists came from sort of situations in their own regular lives where they either one were like seen but not heard Mm -hmm. uh they were either sort of left away and neglected and it was the art that sort of gave them a level of peace to like open up so a a lot of times we come into it because we have something to say and ain't nobody listening right you know (laughs) but for me when i think about what it means to like be the vessel or be the artist i think it's also contingent upon i think sometimes maybe the type of art you do right Mm -hmm. so like there was something about being an actor that actually is that forces a level of humility because you can't, you, the actor is literally there to serve. You're there to serve the playwright. You're there to serve the playwright's vision. You then collaborate, collaborate with a director who then in turn is also there to give the playwright's vision out. And a lot of way you're like in service. So I used to always say this phrase where God will always, I mean, people will always tell God like, yo, use me, use me for something big. And then when God does, you start getting tight because you're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm really being used. And you actually start feeling that. Like, oh, I'm being used. Am I left to the side? So for me, it's almost impossible. I'm not going to say it's impossible to be a self-centered actor because people do it. But those are the people who don't affect people. You inherently have to be a vessel and serve something higher than yourself in order to do justice to the words that you're saying. Yeah. Right. So yeah. a lot of times when we see acting performances that we don't like most, most, most of the time, that's like the root of it. Right. Yeah. So there's something about being an actor that I think I really like mm-hmm. that it forces a level of humility where it's not about me. And then when you go to a certain production, so even when you think about a musical, mm-hmm. the the so, all of the parts that come together to make the thing from costume. You know, mm. there are departments. There is a yeah. costume department, a music department, a choreography department, yeah. the, the the directing department, the stage right. management. When we look at all these parts, you're like, "Oh, I'm just a part. Mm. I'm just a part of the body that is telling the whole story." Yeah. So,
1: ooh, that's good. You said a couple things in there. I, you know, I want to pull out, man. Like, uh, one thing I've always noticed about actors and speaking to the spiritual piece, like I have like a theology of acting, right? <laughs> which is, which is that you know, if if God and <laughs> Actors, to some degree, to me, are emulating incarnation. If, if God enfleshed mm-hmm. God's self in humanity through Jesus, actors are literally doing that. Mm-hmm. Actors are literally enfleshing themselves into another character and putting themselves in mm-hmm. another place for, for, like you said, a service. And that, to me, has always been such a powerful piece of life that actors do. And it's, it's one of those things we talk about vesselhood again, man. It's like, who, whose are you and what is your assignment? I mean, I'm, ugh, man, you left me with a lot, bro. You you be you be dropping these gems, man. I'm like I'm trying to catch all <laughs> no, these gems. Dude. Not 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 a gem, bro. Not a gem. No, nah, no listen, um, I've been asking everybody. You know, obviously, this is a moment of, like you said, you're you're you've been a mourning, right? And there's been grief, and there's we have collective grief, and we have collective pain, and I think, um, and it's also individual. I guess I've also been asking folks today about where where the joy is and where- yeah, I did um, see that. Knowing that joy is, is rebellious, right? For Black folks right now, especially, we can also we can also hold the two. We can walk in chew gum at the same time. We can be joyful while we're also enraged, right? Um, we have this really amazing capability to do that. And I just, I'm, I wanna ask you, you know, where have you seen joy, especially, through art, whether it's been your own writing your letters and poems, or has it been listening to Marvin Gaye or whatever it is? Like what, where have you seen joy?
0: Yeah, this is interesting. Cause I, I had this conversation actually with my counselor yesterday mm. and uh, something, uh, a, a piece of scripture that he actually brought up was like, uh, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, love your neighbor mm. as yourself. And he was like, Look, actually, are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Right. Like, Cause I feel like you're loving your neighbor a little more than you're actually loving yourself. Yes, because even a lot of people who are maybe even tuning in, a lot of people who know me, they would—I think—they would probably say that I'm a joyful cat. I yeah. come into the room, I take yeah. up space, I want yeah. people to feel good. I'm turning up. I'm like laughing. But generally speaking, internally, I don't feel much joy. Mm. I don't feel much joy. And joy is actually an element of 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 f- one of the fruits of the spirit that are is completely difficult for me sometimes mm. a part of the reason why i want everyone else to feel joy is because i'm so enwrapped and engulfed with the pains and the pangs of the human condition that i want people to feel at least mm. a little bit higher than that you know than the end yeah. See what i'm saying yeah. i want them to feel a little bit better um, yeah so joy is something I'm actually learning right now, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm learning it. Uh, yeah. But I have moments. I have little moments, and I'm trying to lean into those moments. And one of those moments that I'm leaning into is I'm just trying to envision what it would like. it's going to be like to have my little boy here, you know, once yeah. he's here. I, I, I'm i trying to envision. And not too much because I'm going to experience it when it's there. I want to be present. But, right. you know, sometimes my wife will be sitting down, and we'll be watching TV, and she'll go, whoo, woo, he moved. Moved. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, he's in there. Yeah. He's in there and he's yeah. like he's in there, he's ready to come out. That's one thing. Uh funny enough, man, I've been trying to go to the parts of my childhood that were good.
1: So mm-hmm. I've actually
0: been watching like cartoons. Like I've been mm-hmm. watching like Yu-Gi-Oh and like (laughs) Dragon Ball Z. I've been watching, I've been watching old like wrestling matches with like The Rock and Stone Cold Austin just to bring myself to like, just to bring myself back to the place of when I was a kid and I had maybe a little less worries or I was a kid. And it's funny. I love TV. Mm I love TV. I can't live without one. Yeah. I can't live without one. And my wife was like, you always got that TV on. You are. Even if I'm not watching it, I just need it all. I need to hear <laughs> the right noise. But I love it because it was the only thing in my house that actually brought about peace mm. growing up. It was the only time where people didn't argue, and we all had a, a common goal, which was to watch this watch mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, sitcoms and things for me were actually healing. So I watched, yeah, like, old episodes of Martin, old episodes of, like, Jamie Foxx, yeah, old man. episodes of... Of like sister, sister, because it yeah. brings me back to that place where n- no one fought, but everyone was was, was tuned in, yeah. and uh, I'm just trying to tune in. So those yeah. are the small ways I'm fighting uh, to get
1: joy, and um, yeah, nah, that's that's important, and I, I think that's helpful, man. I think a lot of us, a lot of us have have difficulties juggling the the dualities and multiplicities of of these. These emotions and these, yeah. you know, these fruits, as you, you know, fruit of the spirit, right? And, mm-hmm. and joy is one of them. And you just mentioned those some really important habits, right? You just talked about how it's like little things, right? It's like, you know, my wife said the baby was kicking. That's super small in terms of time, but it's super large in terms of like the depth of that. And I mean, that's 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 powerful. That's super powerful. What are you doing for joy, man? Listen, I. I, I the, the 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 difference between production and fruit, being productive and being fruitful has always been a struggle for me. But I feel like recently I have gotten better at protecting my peace when it comes to productive produ- producing, and be like, actually, I don't need to do that. Like, I don't need to do all that. I'm not doing. I'm not doing all that, mm-hmm. right? And being yeah, yeah. where the fruit is, because I, I actually I find so much joy in um, in creating things. I'm really big on ritual right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, the last few years so like i have a morning ritual i stick to and it's one of those things i'm like if i don't if i don't do this ritual in the morning i feel I'm, I'm a little bit out of alignment i'm like really big on that like ritual my ritual is like i wake up i do like a assignment to the sun yoga series i do five Tibetan rites meditate pray sometimes i'll write something out just getting stuff out affirmations prayers thoughts whatever and i'll do all of that before i even check i try to do i try I try to do all that before I check my phone, because mm-hmm. I'm just like, that. that's automatic interruption of, of joy. <laughs> if I look at my phone, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, I open a joint and I see something crazy happen, I see something that the current holder of the, the office of president did, I'm just be tight. I'm tight all day, because I'm like, yeah. I just, uh, why are you, why are you mm-hmm. like this? And man, yeah, I, I'm grateful, you know, similar, like, I, I'm grateful to be an artistic process cuz that brings me so much joy man it brings me so yeah. much joy to be, be able to have the the ability to make music independently and like create this for for people like you said man it's like i'm not trying to just like break this this door down i'm trying to break all the door, all the barriers break all the all the chains all the brism, break all of it down man we were talking the other night
0: something i appreciated about you man as you your pat—I I, I don't even want to say passion because I feel like it cheapens it—but your your passion, dedication to the vision of everything you do is so uh, tunnel vision and done so a hundred percent. Let's just call it mamba mentality. I've <laughs> never seen—I've never seen someone. The reason why I always will rock with you, bro, is because I know I can do a show in a crack house with one person there or in a stadium with 100,000 people there and you're going to perform and you're going to be the same yeah, bro. way. Like, like you're going to be the <laughs> same way. And listen, those, those who are faithful in the dark, mm-hmm. you know, God will honor them in the light. Yes, and true. what I love is you don't sound trumpets with your giftings and your calling, you do it because you want to do it in abundance, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always, I've always appreciated that. Of you. That's why anything I do, you're gonna be a part of. It. You just are, <laughs> like you That's just are. anything I do, me. you're gonna be a part of. It. And the show, anytime I'm like, can I get this man <laughs> on a mic just so I can watch? A lot of the times, bro, would I like try to get you for these gigs? It's because I want to see you. Like <laughs> I'm like I'm like cool. These people see you. I'm like Yo, I want to see this man perform.
1: Yo, bro. I love you, bro. Man, listen, that's it. It's it's an automatic yes for me, baby. It's an automatic yes. My lord, I'm trying to even think
0: of the first time I seen you perform, and I was like, Yo, what is this cat on? <laughs> what is <laughs> it on? I was like, What is this cat? I don't even oh, remember, baby. bro. But oh, baby,
1: you making a dark skin brother blood, baby? Come on, not <laughs> <laughs> nah, bad. Man. It is the, the 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 admiration is mutual, man. The Admiration is absolutely mutual, bro. I just want to express like immense gratitude, man. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for this conversation. Um, I'm grateful it. for a friendship, and it's, it. it is an honor to see you do what you do. So thank you, man. I just 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 you know one last thing. If you want to say anything, you want to plug anything, you want to just share a word, whatever you want to. Share, I want to give you the last kind of word. Uh man, I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> but I'll I guess
0: I'll say. Uh, love, peace, and hair grease. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll say this. I'll say this is random. This is random. If you don't have an air fryer, get yourself an air fryer. Do you have an air fryer, bro?
1: Do you have an <laughs> air fryer? you laughing. Do you have an I air fryer? I don't. I don't have an air fryer. I don't. I've, I, know, and I, don't. I know you don't eat meat. I don't. You can I air don't. air fry eat. all other things, bro. Get yourself an air fryer, bro. <laughs> Yo, Tabitha tab Brown, she be talking about the air fryer. I could do a bunch of vegan joints right in the air fryer. I do pee. Game changer. Do you eat fish? I do, I do eat fish. I do eat fish. Bro, I air do. fry
0: yourself some shrimp, man. Like, stop playing, bro. Go get if, Yo, if you're watching this, go get you an air fryer. I get air <laughs> frying chicken in it for two weeks. No oil, bro. No oil. Crispy. Straight Crispy, crunchy. Air. Straight air, bro. Hot air, bro. Crispy. I just
1: said that because I'm going to go eat me Yo, air fried a, chicken right that's a now. That's man. Listen, thank you, you <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in. Peace and power. power. True.